worked. Hello, everybody. Welcome. Hello. Oh, my <laughs> God. What's happening? You sounded like somebody's really old neighbor. I am somebody's um, really old neighbor. So imagine that. <laughs> yeah, you might be. Yeah, I'm like 100 years old. I feel like I'm 100 years old. Oh my god, me too. I have this like, you know like when you're on a really long flight or you're in the car for a long time and so your knees are bent and then like when you first are upright and are walking, your knees are like, what the fuck, dude? Mm -hmm. That's how, oh kitty! That's how my knees yeah. are. But my flight was like almost a week ago, so I don't know why they're still all weird. And I think that's just because I'm old. Yeah, we don't bounce back quite as good as we used to. Right? Yeah, it's a, um, it's a serious thing. Yeah, including my skin from the pillowcase. Like, if I sleep on the pillowcase and there's creases or wrinkles in it, oh, yeah. and then I get up, it's like you will have the marks on your face for a lot longer mm -hmm. than you should. Because mm -hmm. your skin doesn't have the same amount of collagen it once did. Yeah, last week... Um... I had to sleep on the floor in the SeaTac airport, and so my thighs actually had, like, the the imprint of the SeaTac carpet <laughs> in them when I got up, and um, it was super hot. Um, oh, we should say, hello, this is Where's My Flashlight, and I'm Heather. I'm Sophie. And this or at is, least I once was. I, it, I was. God, who knows? I feel like it seems like we haven't recorded in such a long time. But if you if you go if you go to the tapes, it really was only like a little over a month ago. <coughs> Bless you. Thank you. Um, it's just that so much has happened in between. <gasps> Sorry, my cat. He wanted to be part of the recording. Oh, which one was that? I couldn't see Amona. Oh, and they look just alike anyways. It's, it was Otis. Okay. I really, you know, you have to see their full girth to know which one is which. Because <laughs> there's like yeah. a, a big difference between the kitties. So Yeah. One is, is much more, for you dear listeners, one is much more um, corpusculent, ro mm. rotund yes. than the other. quite rotund. I think we should post pictures of our cats on the Facebook page. I agree. So that people can know exactly who we're talking about. I'm into it. Yeah, <sighs> let's do it. Yeah, get it out. Get it, get it out of your system. <laughs> Okay, um, let's see. I guess let's just kind of get into business now since I have this whole list of things. Um, okay, well first we need to celebrate that I finally had the emotional capacity to edit and post all of our past episodes. So we are all caught up. Yes, there are eight episodes posted. Um, and they are available on Spotify, Google, Apple, iTunes, Amazon, Stitcher, and Radio Public. Or you can listen directly at Red Circle. And if you go to our website on Red Circle, there's a donation button. 
because we are, you know, we're just doing this on our own and paying for everything out of pocket and we don't know what we're doing. So if you want to help us and all of our hard work, please, we need a mixer. That's like the big thing that I think we're saving up for. Um, so that's a thing. Um, beep, beep, boop. Oh, we have an actual Facebook page now. You can look up Where's My Flashlight on Facebook. And it says, Where's My Flashlight? A Ghost Hunters podcast. Because that's mostly what this is supposed to be. Sometimes... Yeah, but rarely. Sometimes we spend more time talking about other things. But you know what? We just have a lot to say. And we're the ones with the record button, so we get to decide. Right. And if we have fans that, you know want to give us feedback you can email us because yes. uh, I always appreciate feedback um, especially given the profession that I'm in I have to be able to handle all sorts of feedback whether I like it or not exactly and, and that's, that's how okay. you grow as a human you know yes you can get better yes. as a person and as a podcaster by right. receiving constructive criticism and feedback and as well as positive feedback which we actually got from one of our fans <gasps> don't forget don't forget jacob oh i know that's on that's on the list oh i heard, i'm sorry i missed it's that okay part. it's okay you can but also you can jump ahead it's fine but but also the email um if you want to give us feedback i forgot to mention is hofi 70362 at gmail.com. Yes, that's us. You can message us on our Facebook page, or you can email us at hofi70362 at gmail.com. And you can give us criticism or, or tell us your cool stories about stuff and things. We yeah, love especially paranormal. Yeah, any... Anything cool, like maybe you saw a UFO or like Bigfoot or your grandpa, your grandpa saw Mothman. Um, yeah, that would be really neat. Yeah. So we want to hear stuff and if it's good, we'll read it. So I think that's like the business stuff. Um, it was business. It was business time. Oh, um, me, me. Oh, and then I just wanted to talk about updates because, you know, it's summertime and Sophie and I have gone to all these cool events together. And, um, I think, I think we should, uh, briefly talk about some of them and then maybe not as briefly talk about the third one. <laughs> So the first, the first thing, <laughs> do you have anything to say to that? Uh, Weird Al Yankovic concert where we briefly mentioned, and I think our last episode that we both got COVID around the same time, um, was flipping awesome. He played all of his original work, which was hilarious and great. And, um, we also... Had a really good time uh, listening to Emo Phillips yes. stand up comedy. Oh and my God. So he dark. Was so dark. <laughs> so <laughs> dark. So, and so dark. But that's right up my alley, though. I love it. But it was all relevant. Right. 
dark and relevant. So yeah, so like about good. all the old people dying from COVID. <laughs> <laughs> oh my like god! That. Um, the and why you can't find good bagels in Germany. <laughs> that was oh. that one was oh oh. Well, whose fault oh. is that then? Um, yeah, I know, and it was, was hilarious so good. because the every one of his really dark jokes, like you could hear the whole audience laughing so hard with intermittent oh oh like yeah oh. there there like, was like <laughs> belly laughing and scream laughing and yeah. deep guttural. Like, oh, this is wrong. Oh. I shouldn't be laughing, but I am, and I'm right. screaming. Right. And, yeah, oh, God, it he was He was an so, experience. It was so good. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know he was going to be there until we got there, and his name was on the marquee. So. Yeah. It's a fun surprise. Yeah, that, I just never yeah, read the exciting. fine print. You know, like, when I buy tickets to things, I'm just like, ooh, I like this person, and I don't look at, like, who else is going to be there. So I'm like always surprised, cause yeah, just... yeah, that's. But that's I liked the fact that um, you know, he did, you know, make some, at least at least one appearance in UHF that I could remember about Mr. Butterfingers <laughs> when he's yeah, lopping the, all his the fingers table off. Saw. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Classic. Um, yeah, for you people out there that weren't born in the 80s or 90s, um, you should definitely, like, give UHF a good watch. Oh That's another another movie I, I want to plug. Yeah, it's really good. Um, I don't know why, but my favorite part that always stands out to me is actually towards the beginning where he throws that chihuahua in a... <laughs> bowl of punch. <laughs> I don't know why that's so funny to me. I, yeah, I, who knows? Um, God, there's so many good scenes. I really like, you know, there's Conan the Librarian is always a classic. <laughs> and, like, the person turns in their books late and he cuts them in half. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then there's a, oh, I don't want to give all of it away. To people who haven't seen yeah. it. So just go watch UHF if you haven't seen it. And if you have seen it, go watch it again because it's amazing. Um, right. So yeah, that was a really cool Weird Al show. I've seen him several times before and it's different every time. You never know what to expect. And right. I really liked that they were doing originals. Because um, usually his shows, like they focus on the parodies. And there's like costume changes and props and all this crazy stuff going on. And none of that happened this time. It was just Weird Al and his band just, like, sitting on stage. It was very intimate. And it was at the the Arlene Schnitzer Concert Hall, which is kind of, like, a smaller venue. So it felt more, like, personal and intimate and amazing. Oh, and we got to see Aurora afterwards. Only for a few minutes, but... Aurora is always a treat. So, Aurora, if you're listening, hi, we love you. Hi. Hey. Um, hey, hey. So, yeah, that was Weird Al. And, like, a couple weeks before Weird Al, we saw Professor Brian Cox, the hot British astrophysicist. 
and I like cried through most of it. Yeah, I had to remind her to breathe because she was so verklempt that she was, was literally freaking out in her chair and was so seized up by <laughs> I don't I don't know what you would call it, just absolute fangirl moment. I don't know what it was. It was a pretty hardcore fangirl thing. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, he's been, like, one of my top celebrity crushes for a long time. And then I actually was in the same room with him. And um, he's so beautiful. And he's and so we weren't smart. really that far away either. No, we had pretty good seats that time. And, um, you know, it was a really cool talk. I can't really talk about what he talked about because I'm not smart enough to really, like, understand... A lot of it, but it was about, like, black holes and what happens, like, on the other side of the black hole and all this crazy shit. And I was just like, whoa, you make it sound like magic. Yeah, and wor wormholes and oh, the wormholes. multiverse or potentially, yeah. like, other how it, other dimensions might be interacting with each other. Yeah, and, like the, um, the other, like the, the multiverse Right. And all this cool science stuff that I don't totally understand, but, um... Yeah, like, an, I would say I understood probably only about a 25th of it. <laughs> yeah. It's a very small amount. Yeah, it was, um... But it's not that he was, like, talking over us. Mm-hmm. You know... Like, he was making it accessible, and you could feel it somehow. Like, even if I didn't understand it intellectually, I still felt it. And I was like, right. yes, I get it. Even mm -hmm. though I don't understand it, I get it. And I think those are two different things. Um, and right. really, the whole point of it was that, you know, there's all this cool stuff in space that we don't know about, and we're constantly learning more about what is happening in space, and what is the universe, and... You know, how big is the universe and what is out, you know, what what's happening? What is space? But the only planet that we know about that we can live on is this one. And we're yeah. really fucking lucky to have this. Like, we wouldn't exist if this planet wasn't exactly how it is. So we need to basically get our shit together and start taking care of this planet. That was, like, the whole point of this whole talk that he gave with visual aids and all these cool animations and all this cool nerdy stuff that was like really fucking hardcore. It was basically all to tell us that we need to be better stewards of the earth and it was really fucking beautiful. You know, I I wasn't even smart enough to gather that. Until you, just <laughs> met, until you mentioned that part and I was like, oh yeah, at the end he did kind of briefly go over, you know. Well, that like, was like what he ended on. He was like, yeah. that, you know, the, the little blue dot, you know, right. that's us. That's all that we have. Right. And I do like that was kind of a nod to Carl Sagan. I yes. Guess. Which, you know. You, you gotta love Carl Sagan. Yes, and then I introduced you to that Facebook page, Hey Girl, Carl Sagan, 
which is one of <laughs> yeah. the best things in the whole world. And they haven't posted anything for a long time, so I don't know if... I guess they're just not active anymore, but um, dear listener, if you want some really excellent Facebook content, go to the Facebook page called Hey Girl, Carl Sagan, and you'll see some things. It might change your life. It's really beautiful. Um, I mean, it's basically just like actual real life Carl Sagan quotes, but they're preceded with the two words, Hey Girl. <laughs> and then there's like a picture of Carl Sagan or a picture of space or you know whatever the background is but it's it's always like an actual Carl Sagan quote preceded with hey girl so maybe I'll, I'll share some of those on our Facebook page too so people can see what we're talking about um, I'm okay. gonna quote one I'm gonna quote one right now oh please us. do please do hey girl did you know that the cosmos is within us Tonight, my middle name is Cosmos. <laughs> hey, girl. <laughs> I'm freaking out. Oh, oh my God, God, that's so good. <laughs> oh, my God. Is that that's from the Facebook page? I sure hope so, because I Googled it, and that's what came up. Oh, my God. Send me that. That's okay. beautiful. Um, okay, so that... Okay, Professor Brian Cox, Weird Al, those were amazing experiences that we had together. But then, at the end of July, and we mentioned this in a previous episode that we wanted to go. And we did go, dear listeners. We went to the Oregon Bigfoot Festival. And um, I think that Sophie should tell this story because she's kind of the star of it. I was just there well, weeping in gratitude. Well, I mean, there was, you know, you were the person that gave us pretty much the best suggestion of the whole universe. Um, well, um, so yeah, we went to the Oregon Bigfoot Festival and beyond, mm-hmm. and we had heard that... Um, our very own Jason Hawes was going to be there from Ghost Hunters. And we were pretty excited. I mean, I was pretty excited to potentially meet him. And um, I had heard that Bob Gimlin from the famous, um, you know, Patterson Gimlin film um, was going to be there. But unfortunately, he had to cancel. I don't know why. Um, And then Sherry De Benedetti was there, and she's from the most recent uh, seasons of Ghost Hunters that mm-hmm. I have not had a chance to watch. She yet. also, I believe, was on some of the episodes of Ghost Nation, Ooh. which we'll we'll get there eventually. But yeah, so Sherry De Benedetti was there, and I didn't know she was going to be there until like the night before, and I was right. like, oh my god, because she's beautiful. So I'm not going to lie, I have a little bit of a crush on her. She's beautiful and smart and funny, and I love her. And so I was like, oh my god, bonus. So anyway, continue. Yes, and then, so, so we, um, it was super fucking hot. It was miserable. It was like 101 degrees that day out in the sun, and 
we were both dying and poor Heather, um, she has a history of, I think, if not outright heat exhaustion, heat stroke. Um, I, I have, I have lost consciousness from heat stroke thrice. Yes. He <laughs> so it is a serious situation with me. So just. Right. Yeah, but you powered through like a buckaroo. I Ooh. could not believe it. There were many times when I was like, I'm done, Heather. I can't do this anymore. And you were like, let's just get through to the end. And I was like, okay. And um, anywho, so I am getting ahead of myself. But so we went to the conference or the panel discussion. And it... Um, of course, uh, our very own Jason Hawes was a part of the panel, and then they had um, a microphone and a line of people that, you know, you could, from the audience, you could go up and ask them questions, and I started freaking out because I was even thinking of the idea of going up there and having the guts or the ovaries, you might say, to get up there and ask him a question. And I was like, oh, should I go up there? I don't know, should I? Oh my God, I'm freaking out, what would I ask him? And Heather was like, you should ask him if he'll be on our podcast. <laughs> and I was like, oh God, I don't know, no, I don't, uh, uh, yeah. And I was freaking out and, um, and I went up there and I was literally, my eyes were like probably as big as saucers and uh, I probably looked like I was possessed by an inhuman spirit um, <laughs> as I went up there. But I asked him if he would be a guest and he said yes. And then I walked very strangely because it was like I was on ether um you know going back to the audience to sit next to heather and then we were like basically crying and holding each other i was actually no heather heather was crying i was in shock i was literally like frozen yeah you were stiff. like dumbfounded and i'm sitting there yeah. like weeping because i was so proud of you you know <laughs> and because you went up there you were like third in line because i was like you know, ask him if he'll be on the podcast. And you were like, what, really? And I was like, well, the worst thing he can say is no. And then we just move on, you know. <laughs> and that's, you know, but he didn't. He was like, yes. And you you did more than just say, oh, hey, hi, will you be on our podcast? You were like, you had a full conversation with Jason Hawes, like in front of hundreds <laughs> of people, you know, with, you know, like on on a microphone in front of hundreds of people, you were like, so we have, we've been friends for all these years, and we've had all these experiences, and all this stuff, and we've always been, and we love your show since the beginning, and you're so great, and this is why we love it, and blah, and here, we now have a podcast where we watch your show and talk about it, would you be on it? And he was like, yeah, that sounds great, and then, give me your details, yeah, and then my brain exploded, I was like, what, did that just, <laughs> what? <laughs> And I still, to to this day, I'm just like, oh my god, that really happened. Yeah, and to make it even weirder, you know, when we were having our senior moment together. Yes, when we were holding each other. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
that uh, a lady from the Oregonian came up and she wanted our contact information because she's interested in, um, I think she said something like alluding to minorities in the media or, or something like that. But she yeah, was getting it was something about like people who are underrepresented in the news um, doing things like starting their own businesses and like creative ventures for themselves. Mm-hmm. And that's what she really likes to write about. Yeah, that is what it, it like seemed that. like. I don't know. Yeah, because she kept, she kept alluding to, you know, people who aren't, yeah, as represented. But what if so, we hallucinated her? Uh, you know, it was a collective <laughs> hallucination where we both ate rotten I mean, uh, it was rye re- bread. It was really hot that day. So Right. By the way, that's the reference to, uh, what is it, St. Andrew's fire or St. Elmo's fire or whatever, yeah. where people are hallucinating from ergot. Yeah. But anyways, and so the, yeah. The we witch must trials and stuff, the Salem witch trials. Everybody yes. was hallucinating. Right. <sighs> um, <sighs> so yeah, that was awesome. And then after the panel was over, we stood in line and um you know to like actually meet jason and sherry and we were just like talking to everybody that day and just like making friends all over like every line that we stood in we were just like hey hi who are you how why are you here what are you interested in we have a podcast um yeah it was was pretty cool cool. We met Jacob and we met Alanya. I apologize if I'm not pronouncing your name right, but we met some some pe- some new peeps that seemed mm-hmm. really neat. And I love that when you go to festivals or you go to places where people have similar interests, that you might end up rubbing elbows with other people who are having those same interests, especially when it comes to like the paranormal world or Mm-hmm. you know thing, things less understood because you know you try to talk to normal people about this stuff and they think that you're a kook Ooh. you know and it's like you know well I might be a kook but you know where are my other kooks out there where are my other people that believe in these same things so it's very validating right. it's always exciting mm-hmm. and then we got to actually meet uh, Jason and Sherry, and, like, they were so cool, you know, just, like, super chill, and, like, down-to-earth, just, like, regular people, you know, and they were so nice, and so I wrote down our email and our names and everything, and Jason put it in his little suitcase, um, and then we got, we got autographed pictures and we got to take selfies, which I already put on the Facebook page. So, um, yeah. And also, uh, Sherry, because I tagged her in the photo, she posted it on her public page. So we got, we got a repost from Sherry herself. So that was pretty exciting. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, and I cried 
all around. <laughs> so um, Jacob, who we met in line, um, he actually emailed us. Do you want to read it or do you want me to read it? You can read it. Have you read it yet? I have, and it's very sweet. Okay. Okay, so this is from Jake. Should I say his last name? Probably not. He didn't give us permission. Okay. <laughs> I almost said it, and then I was like, oh, no. he." Uh, okay, his name's Jake or Jacob, whoever whoever he is. If you're listening, hi. We didn't try hi. Um, Okay, so this is what he says. It was awesome meeting you wonderful women at the Bigfoot Fest. Thank you so much for showing me your podcast. It is awesome with some amazing insight into ghost hunters, and it gives a new perspective into the show. I have always loved ghost hunters, and I love hearing your guys' side of it. I really look forward to hearing more podcasts and hearing what you think of more episodes of Ghost Hunters. Thank you, Jake. So that's that like, was that's, so... that's our first fan Sorry. mail. Yeah. It's exciting it's to exciting. get a fan mail. Yes, it is. And he was so nice. He was really nice, and... I mean, everybody there was really nice. Oh, and then we got to see Joe Fish. Oh, yeah. We can't forget to give a shout-out to Joe Fish. Joe Fish is a friend of ours from, like, junior high. Um, his name isn't actually Joe Fish. That's a nickname. I don't know who originally... Maybe Kathy gave it to him originally. I don't know. But his name's Joe. Joseph. Um, Joe Fish. I don't know. I don't know who he is. Um... Yeah, you do. I do. Oh God, do I? Um, <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> I don't. I don't know what it means. I'm just saying. I'm saying things. Um, well, I was. I was like reminiscing very quickly about you know like what he was like when I met him when he was just this like little, you know, like thirteen year old little baby, and now he's like a grown ass man with a, an adult child, and he's like you know, a veteran, and now he has, he was at the Bigfoot Festival because he has a business where he makes art out of metal, and it's very cool, and it's called, what is it called, Bigfoot Metal Works or something? I should I have his business card. <laughs> I'll have to look it up while you keep talking. Yeah, so, um, but he had a booth there, and so we hung out with him. And, um, he makes really cool stuff, like, for your house or your yard or whatever. Like, really neat. Like, everything from little tiny keychains to, like, big, huge, you know, like, Sasquatch decor for your yard. Like, out of metal. It's very cool stuff. Um. It is indeed called Bigfoot Metal Works. There we it go. Is Custom fabrication, Ooh. Bigfoot approved. Yeah, and he's and on you Facebook. Get free shipping too. on orders over fifty dollars. Nice. So check him out and follow him because he makes really cool stuff and he's a super nice guy. Um, oh, but I was thinking of like when he was just a little baby when I met him when he was like thirteen and now he's like an adult and like he got hot and that just made me feel weird. That's why I. I didn't need to say that. Yeah, and I mean, that's incestuous. That's gross. It is kind of, because here's the thing, <laughs> listeners. Um, <laughs> when I was in ninth grade, 
um, I had all these friends, like all the little skater boys at school were my friends and they all called me mum. And so they were like my little babies. And so now for me to be like, oh, he's hot. It's kind of weird because I'm his mother. Um, yeah, basically. Oh, well, that makes it sound really gross. Um, <laughs> so yeah, Oregon Bigfoot Festival, Jason Hawes. Um, Sherry DeBenedetti, and Sherry. I'm so sorry if I'm ruining your last name. Sherry DeBenedetti. DeBenedetti. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that was awesome. And then, um, then I went to Austin, Texas, which I talked about on the last episode that I was going to go to Texas for a conference. Um, so I went, and it happened, and it was amazing. And just like what you were saying about going to a place where everybody is super into the same nerdy thing that you're into, well, there I was in Austin, Texas with like 600 people who all were at this conference. They're from around the world. It was an international conference. And they were all there because they love bats. And Aww. they were like sharing their research on bats. So it was like a professional conference, you know, where it's like, here's the work that we do, and here's a like 15-minute presentation about all this shit. And it was amazing, and I met lots of really cool people, and I networked a lot and made some friends, and, um, you know, just got to hang out with, like, really cool people who love bats, and it was incredible. She sent me some amazing pictures, y'all. They were um, pictures of tens of thousands, maybe, of bats in the sky. It's amazing. Yeah. Like, I don't know how many bats were in the sky at once, but I know that um, I went to three different roost sites. I went to one up in Round Rock, which is like a little town like to the north of Austin. And there's a part of the interstate where the there's like a little colony of bats that's probably like like a million bats probably and so that was the first one like you go there like just before sunset and they like fly out and it's amazing and then i went to the famous congress avenue bridge in downtown austin and there's like two or three million bats there probably and the same thing like you watch them fly out and then i went to bracken cave which is the biggest colony of bats in the world and the biggest assemblage of mammals in general. There's like over 20 million bats in this one cave. And Whoa. like, I don't remember what they said the like area of the cave is, you know, but it's basically like there's like about 500 bats per square foot. Think, think, think about that. Think of a square foot and think of 500 bats all cuddled up. Um, and so we got to watch them emerge, and it's fucking amazing. Because we watched them come out of the cave for like over an hour and a half, and they weren't even done yet. Like, we just stopped watching them because it was dark and we couldn't see anymore. But they were still, they were still coming out. Like, they were still bats. <laughs> there were so many bats and it was so cool and there were like little baby raccoons and there was a skunk Aww. and there was a coach whip snake and they were all sitting there hanging out waiting for some of the baby bats to like fall on the ground so they could eat them 
it was incredible. And the little baby raccoons kept, like, poking their head out and, like, looking at all of us, like, why are you watching us? We're trying to eat dinner. It was the cutest thing I've ever seen. Um, that would be hard for me because I would be trying to protect all the little baby bats, even though there, I know there's, like, nothing I could do. Yeah. And it's like I'm interrupting the circle of life and everything. You just, you know, you, you there's nothing that you can do, nor should you, because everybody's food for somebody. Mm-hmm. And Even people. That's right. Um, so, I mean, I could talk all day about Austin, Texas, but I'll just tell one more story about my trip to Austin, and then we can get to the Ghost Hunter part. You mean we're actually going to get to the topic? <laughs> uh, maybe. Speaking of speaking of which, is that what you're going to allude to? Is that what you're going to talk about in Austin? Yeah. Is that what you're going to get to next? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, um, down in, in Austin, actually in Round Rock, which is adjacent to Austin, um, I met one of my internet friends and um, his name is Nino and I drove up there and we were gonna have dinner and he was like um, is it okay if I bring my daughter and I was like yeah that's, I don't see why not that's totally fine um, but I can remember being a teenager and I was like I never wanted to hang out with my dad and his weirdo friends so I was like I can't imagine she'll have fun um, so I got there and um, and she was really sweet, you know, and she, like, shook my hand and everything, but she, like, didn't really talk to me at all. She was really quiet and just kind of, like, on her phone. But she's 17, so I was like, well, that's, you know, kid, kids these days. Hard their... for the course. So, I mean, God, I wish that I had had smartphones when I was 17. Um, <laughs> all that we had was, like, LSD and stuff, so it's probably better. Yeah, and drama. Oh, God. Um <laughs> That's terrible. Um, so, you know, but it, it was fine. I didn't, like, she wasn't being rude or anything. She was just on her phone. So I was talking to Nino, and we were just, whatever. And then, like, out of nowhere, the daughter, her name's Hannah. Hannah is our number one fan. Um, <laughs> but she was like, <laughs> she's... She was like, what is your bracelet? And I was wearing my opossum bracelet. And so we, like, bonded about how we both love opossums. Aww. And she, like, smiled for the first time since I got there. And then she went right back to her <laughs> phone. And I was like, all right, we had a moment. And maybe that's all I'm going to get. You know, that's fine. So then we finished our meal and went out to stand in this, like, ditch next to the interstate where you can watch the bats come out. And, you know, we were just, like, watching the sunset and talking, and Hannah was, like, walking around in the grass, like, picking stuff up, and I was like, is she a raccoon? Because I totally relate. And she was. She was being a raccoon. She was picking up all these little snail shells. And oh, cool. she, like, came over to me and, like, put her hand out, and she's like, do you want one of these? And I was like, oh my god, yes. And then, um, and then, like, a little while later, she came up to me, and she was like, sorry if I was weird earlier and I was like you're 17 you don't need to apologize to me for being weird like we've all been there and she was like okay good I just I, I was so nervous to meet you and I was like what 
why? <laughs> and she, oh my god, she was so sweet. And she was like, well, I've listened to all of your podcast with my dad, and I just, I was so nervous to meet you because I think you're really cool. And I was like, first of all, I'm not. And second <laughs> of all, that's really sweet. And, um, you know, it was really adorable. And then she gave me more snail shells, which I put in my purse. Um, but we totally bonded. And I was like, oh my god, a 17-year-old kid told me that I'm cool. And she said that she likes how we just, like, talk about life and stuff. And she was like, so much of what you say is just truth. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. Yeah, we're reaching the youth, Sophie. I don't know. We're, we're, we're <laughs> connecting what? with the youth. Maybe not the youth of America, but at least this one youth in Round Rock, Texas. We have yes. reached her. And her friend, Kelsey, who was like, I'm not sure what your podcast is about. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which is, like, the best compliment, because, you know, do we even know what it's about? We know what it's supposed to be about, but we just kind of, you know, right. just go off. Which is yeah. fine. We can do whatever we want. Like I said before, we're the ones that control the record button, so we can do whatever we want. Yeah, we're probably going to go on more tangents, but for once, we might actually talk about the topic we're supposed to. I think that we're there now. I've gone through everything on my list except for one thing, which can wait until the end. Ooh. Ooh. I like that. Yeah. So, yes. Would you like to um, give the rundown of, of the episode? The rundown? Okay. Synopsis. Um, so, uh, we're we're on um, season one, episode nine. And there's, Can you believe it? I know. Oh my god! Yeah. Okay. So there, there's two different investigations on this episode. And the first one, um, they're at this place called the New Boston Inn, which I'm not sure where it is. They just say it's in the Berks the Berkshires, and I'm like, I'm not from the East Coast. I don't know what the fuck that means, you know. <laughs> well, I looked it up actually Ooh. because yeah, so it is in Sandusfield, Massachusetts, okay. built in 1737, mm -hmm. and um, I wasn't able to understand if their history is le is all legitimate, but I'll I'll let we'll get into that later. Okay, because okay, on the show they say that it like housed soldiers in the Revolutionary War. And I was, I was like, oh, we should look that up and see if that's accurate or if there's, like, any other history that we can find. Because that's, like, an old building. You know, 1737 right. is really old for the United States. So, um, yeah. you know, probably a lot of shit has gone down there. Um, but who, who knows? Who knows, Sophie? Do you yeah, know? Yeah, I mean, I mean... I mean, I think that some of the history is legit, but mm -hmm. I was kind of questioning um, where they got to the part where they were talking about how a bride was shot in 1805 yeah. in that room. And then 
because like a lot of times it seems like um in paranormal investigators will do research into the topic or the background of the place and then find out that like it's just folklore or it's Mm -hmm. well urban legend folklore yes urban legend i was gonna say that's the better word for it because folklore at least you know has possibilities of having some basis in fact yeah so but anywho yeah uh, i liked how jay said it has the potential he put emphasis on the potential part <laughs> for for a possible haunting yes the, he used the h word heather oh well speaking of the d word drama um, this episode pretty much starts out with drama where andy andrews <laughs> is very you know, very seriously, like, pulls out a chair at Jason's kitchen table and is like, we need to talk. Because um, I guess there's some, um, like, Brian Harnois is having some kind of, like, power trip or something. And and Andy's like, I just, I don't want it to go too far. He's very concerned. And, mm-hmm. um, and Jason is like, well... You, then you don't have to work with him anymore. Um, but then later, it's like it just keeps coming up. And it's like, it's not even that big of a deal, you guys. Kind of. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, um, all that aside. Uh, oh, so... I forgot to say, like, from the outset of this episode, and I'm sorry I to interrupt, but Brian Bell again? I know. What? I know he just like shows up again after like all these episodes and it's like god not to mention what happened at the prison at western state penitentiary with his bull crap i was like i can't believe they're letting him come back i don't know maybe their beggars can't be choosers and so they're just like well i don't don't know and need another body Yeah, but at the same time, I feel like there were almost too many people on this investigation. It just right. seemed really chaotic to me, especially because, like, they couldn't get access to the whole place at the same time. It's like there were just two, because there was Jason, Grant, Steve, both Brian's, Andy, Amy, and at least one of the demonology guys, the twins. I don't remember which mm-hmm. one. Um, I'm sorry demonologist twins i can't tell you apart and i'm not smart enough i'm not smart enough to write your name down when they say it Mm. um i mean that's like a whole lot of people to take to one place unless you're going to like a penitentiary or like an old hospital where you need like a million investigators but to go to like a little inn you know it seems like kind of gratuitous to take eight people you know, but right. here we are. Anyway. Um, well, maybe it's bigger than it looks. And, you know, maybe they were so. expecting to be able to investigate more of it, but they didn't have access. So who knows? Maybe. Or maybe they just got too excited. I don't know. <laughs> so basically, this this dude called Mike Sinclair, who is part of Orion Paranormal in Massachusetts, um... He calls them in to investigate this place, and 
So, yeah, like, they talk about that this this woman who was supposedly called Harriet, that she was killed on her Sweet wedding Harriet. day. Sweet Harriet. Um, she was <laughs> killed on her wedding day by a former boyfriend, and then he was hanged the next day. And it's like, are there records of this? You know, I would like to see the, the town records, because... I mean, if that actually happened in 1805, I'm sure somebody wrote it down somewhere. Um, so, I guess that they say that, like, in this one room that items will, like, fall off the shelves and fall off the desk and whatever. That doors will open by themselves. There was some weirdness with, like, the doorknob on one of the doors to the outside. And then... Um, Mike Sinclair says that they see, like, orbs in pictures all the time, and that he supposedly photographed the head of Harriet. And then it cuts away to Jason standing by the van, and he's like, orbs never impress me. Which also, <laughs> when we met him at the Oregon Bigfoot Festival, we talked about the orbs, and he was like, oh, God. Because I was like, we're still back on season one where they're like, everyone's bringing you orbs all the time. And he was just like, oh, God, the orbs. So, <laughs> um, so that was, yeah. a, that was a fun, you know, we got to like connect and bond over the fact that orbs are never impressive. I know. I would say like 99% <laughs> of the time, the orbs can be explained by something else other than actually an orb. Right. They're, they're dust. I mean, I believe. I believe that orbs do exist. I think it's right. possible, you know, right. like I'm sure that people have seen lights that they cannot explain that are just, you know, independently floating around and just mm -hmm. being weird. I mean, yeah. Yeah, and in this case, they figure out pretty quickly that um, these orbs in photographs are actually um, dust, which originates in the the ceiling from the blown insulation and then there's like cracks in the ceiling so this stuff is like coming through and then you snap a picture and there's an orb but really it's from the insulation so they're able to debunk all that pretty quickly and then also they talk about the f it's a really old building you know like that's I can't do math but that's like a lot of years old um, With a lot of dust to collect so, over so the years. Dust. And, um, but the floors are uneven, you know, because it's old and buildings will settle. And so the floors, even if they were even to begin with, they get uneven over time. And that causes what is known in the field as the funhouse effect, where if you walk in a building where the walls aren't plumb and the floors aren't level and everything, that even if you don't notice it with your eyes, it will affect your perception, you know, because it'll affect, like, your balance and equilibrium, which can make you feel all weird, and, you know, it can just totally change your perception of the place. And that's called the funhouse effect. Um, so that's going on there at this place because it's old. And then there's a part where there's like a, in one of the bedrooms, there was like a little guest book, um, you know, 
on the table and Brian Bell notices that the pen from the guest book is on the floor and it had been on the book like on top of the book on top of the desk or the dresser or whatever whatever it is but now it's on the floor and he looks at the paper and there's like a scribble mark that wasn't there before but no one really had their eye on it that closely so they're like okay let's put the pen back like cut kind of a weird angle on the page and let's close this door and you know put a put a little audio recorder in here and you know make sure no one comes in here and we'll check on it later and so they do and no one goes in there like they put tape on the door and stuff to seal it and they come back later and the pen has moved and that's really literally the only thing that happens the whole time that they're there yeah, pretty much, except for Brian Harnois thinks he has some kind of an experience or something, but they weren't able to validate it with uh, any of the equipment they had. Yeah. So, I mean, there's just really nothing in the, you know, like in the way of evidence. Um, yeah, and I felt pictures. bad. They don't have, they can't do EVPs because there's people in the building and there's like vents coming up through the floor. So they can't really... Right do an actual investigation because there's just too much going on. It just seemed really chaotic to me. It was hard for me to really, like, focus on it. Um, yeah. yeah, and I felt bad for the guy from Orion, you know, the... the Mike Sinclair. Um, yeah, sorry, I have a... <coughs> something... Uh, a frog in my throat or something. Oh, um because I felt bad for that that guy because um, Taps was, like, every single member of Taps was grilling the fuck out of him. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, he was like, uh, you know, that's probably, par they're like, that's probably Pareidolia and asking him about the orbs and, like, grilling the pictures that he had and, uh -huh. like, had it had an actual photographer on hand on their team to look at that stuff and be like, yeah, that's probably just orbs, you know, um, I would say are like dust to quote, dust. to quote the great Steve Gonzalez. I would yes. say dust, mm -hmm. or um, bug. but I mean, what else did he expect them to do? Like, that's what they do. Yeah, I mean, that's what your peers will do in, in the paranormal world. And or, especially like, in Taps, any... who's there to disprove it. Right. But, like, yeah, if you're in any professional field, you have to expect that your peers are going to hold you to a standard. Because how you act or behave or, um, you know, do things in the field reflects on the the professionalism of that field of that organization or, yes. or whatever you know whatever you're involved in and so what you do is going to be held to a high standard because you know you gotta you gotta make sure that the respect of your people is intact <laughs> and you're not going to be able to keep it unless you hold it to rigorous standards. Right. And, I feel. You know, that's why the, the peer review process exists. Right. To get published in any scientific field. You know, like, it has to be, like, rigorously 
reviewed by people who know what they're doing and you know so right and that's i mean that's based they were just peer reviewing his evidence and um right like like for a second i was like oh man they're like really digging into him but i mean that's what they that's what taps does that's what they do every time they go anywhere they're not just going to be like oh cool you got a picture of you know harriet who we can't even confirm existed you know, right. they're like, let's actually look at this and see, you know, let's see what you got. Because um, there are times where they go to one of their TAPS family members or just, you know, whoever, like, the, the homeowner is who, you know, maybe the homeowner has taken pictures or gotten an EVP and they'll they'll look at it or listen to it and you know, try to figure out, is this legit? Can we debunk this? You know, can can we add this to the the body of evidence that we have for this case? Or right. is this, can this be explained in some other way and we just need to toss this out? So they do that, like, everywhere that they go. And that's, that's just how they're That's going. what makes them so risky. That's what makes them so respectable, and that's why, you know, you and I both talked about this, that, you know, other, um, you know, paranormal shows out there um, kind of make, you know, reality paranormal shows kind of, it gives them a bad name, kind of, and Mm -hmm. it's like, thank God that we have ghost hunters that set the standard from the gate, because I think they were one of the only... They're like one of the first ones that came out really in that format, that style. Because um, mm-hmm. even that one that we used to watch from the Travel Channel over in England, Ugh. that one didn't e- <laughs> did not have legitimate investigators. They were just like TV personalities going to have an experience. Uh, and excuse a me, psychic. that one guy was a psychic. Okay, yeah, and he <laughs> it doesn't get more legit than him. Yeah. That is sarcasm. Yeah. So he, yeah, that show's called Most Haunted, and I'm on a mission to find out where I can watch that show. I have not (laughs) had the presence of mind to look it up, but I'm, I'm going to watch it. I'm going to love it. I'm going to make you watch it. We're going to watch it together and laugh and laugh. Of course. My God! Um, now that yeah. I'm not afraid I, to drive to your house, I can come over to your house and watch it too. Absolutely, I would love that because I have pretty much almost every platform as well. The only thing I don't have is the DVR thing that you've got. Oh, but but yeah, I've got pretty much every platform, and and then we also, you know, have a little bit more privacy. But um, yes. you know, not that it really matters because we both love. Um, people that you live with and it is fun when they occasionally make their little forays into our podcast (laughs) indeed i'm surprised we haven't had anybody bothering us the past couple episodes i'm like shocked i'm like where is tyler where is my my mom's work schedule has changed so she's usually not home on sundays oh and i don't i heard tyler open the front door not too long ago but i don't know what he's doing yeah, and you don't have your window open, so that makes makes some 
difference as well. Yeah, the window is shut, as you can see, with my huge cucumber hanging in front of it. See that? <laughs> it is not a cucumber. It is the leaf of a very, very tall snake plant. Um, anyway. It is so weird. It looks like, from my perspective, like a English cucumber it is does, coming into it, frame. It really does look like that. It's very strange. Um, yeah. Oh, see, see what we just did, guys? See what we just did? We just debunked the whole situation from top to bottom because we were able to explain <laughs> the random people that are stepping into our podcast you know the situations don't line up they're different and why <gasps> because we use the powers of deduction oh what karen's karen's schedule has changed the the window is shut you i know, thought you meant like that, that we had debunked the cucumber <laughs> well, that, I mean, we did. We technically did debunk the cute. It's not a cucumber. It's a snake plant. Um, yeah. But yeah, so they don't have any evidence. They don't have anything. And Grant actually declares the place uninvestigatable. <laughs> which I don't think is a word. And I didn't even spell it right. I guess if it's not a word, it doesn't matter how I spelled it. So, no. Whatever. Um. And the, the owners of the place, they don't really seem that bothered by it. Um, well, they don't seem happy about it. They don't seem happy were... that they didn't get anything, but they also, you know, they don't seem that bothered. And they, they at least the, the woman, Barbara, you know, she says that it's not a scary place, that it feels loving and comforting. So Right. Right. You know, and I know, it, you know, it was pretty much debunked, but it probably... I think probably there was some part of them that would have liked to have had their feelings and experiences validated. But well, um, I, I like think you said, they the fact that they couldn't really do a full investigation there that right. they you know that's that's why it was determined to be uninvestigatable because they couldn't do EVPs. They couldn't do a lot of things that they would normally do just because of the circumstances and so they didn't really say like you people are full of crap there's nothing going on here they were like we don't know because we weren't able to really do what we do so right we weren't able to subject it to like, rigorous maybe if they ever go back there they'd have to clear all those people out and make sure they're that they have access to the whole place and that it's quiet Right. Yeah, they would probably have to some, you know, which, of course, I mean, that would probably cost a financial burden to the owners, you know, to have to shut down the place for right. the night or something. But Right. And that's always a consideration. But what can you do? They didn't get anything. So that's the sit. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And the second part. Do, do you want to oh do my. case number two? Do you want to do the, yeah. the rundown? Sure. I mean, you know, it, it's at a person, you know, this lady's home and her daughter had moved out at this point. Um, and so her, her daughter had had experiences in the home before um, she moved out. And what was interesting is uh, there were orbs mentioned galore in this episode <laughs> as well. They kept, they're like seeing orbs and... We can't I know. escape them. 
Right. And um and the haircuts. Oh. Oh my god. Oh, they, the were they were so glorious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there wasn't a whole lot of activity explained, you know, to kind of justify not like they were talking about their experiences, you know, making it so they don't even want to sleep. Like the mom doesn't even want to sleep in her own room. And based on the experiences that they shared at the, you know, outset, I was like, what, they just wanted to avoid some orbs and some haircuts? I mean, what? I didn't understand, <laughs> like, why why you would, uh, yeah, some, you know. some random lights, non-threatening right. lights. Right, and so that, I didn't really understand. And then I was like, okay, well, maybe they, you know, they cut out some of the other experiences that seemed a little bit more threatening or scary. Um, I mean, they did later talk about a, a, bro- a green mist and then um, the daughter being scratched by something. And so I guess that would be scary, uh, mm-hmm. especially because I think her daughter was pregnant at the time. Yeah. So yeah, that's like a pregnant. whole other level of of evil right there. Harming a pregnant woman. Yeah. Dear Lord. You know, Um Anyways, but yeah, it and then the pentagrams, they were Catholic, uh, but they didn't go to church, but then they had these random pentag- a box with a pentagram on it and then pentagrams inside the box. And it was like sitting in the mom's room and we never really got an explanation for it. it Maybe was just she kinda, just likes them, you know? Yeah. Like I mean, a, a, a five pointed star doesn't necessarily mean something like evil right absolutely not or um, a cultish or whatever it's just maybe they just liked the aesthetics of that star right no i i actually i've i've dabbled in wicca because and you know what girl who grew up on watching the movie the craft didn't mm-hmm. dabble in in Wicca. When Basically, in the cove. If you didn't, <laughs> yeah. if you didn't dabble in Wicca, you oh yeah, you know, were you even alive? No. Yeah, I mean, totally. I I did dabble in Wicca, um, and I ended up later on dabbling in it a little bit too. And I actually have some some friends that are a little bit more into it. But yeah, I mean, a lot is misunderstood about pentagrams and pentacles and stuff like that. It's like you know, um, even Satanism, you know, oftentimes gets tied up and, and mistook or misunderstood and tied together mm-hmm. with pentagrams, and it's not mm-hmm. the same thing. And even Satanism, I've studied that as well, and it has nothing to do with the kind of stuff that most of the, I would say 98% of the time, has nothing to do with the stuff that Christians often uh freaked out about during the satanic panic of the 80s and 90s um yeah it's it's nothing like yes you can dabble in some magic and do and do some stupid shit as sophie has proven in the past um you know at heather heather's house (laughs) when she was 12 years when i was 12 years old look at me trying to thanks a lot yeah you're welcome um, I'm still making a living amends today for that. <laughs> oh, it's um, fine because whatever that thing was is gone now. It's totally fine. True, no but yeah, harm, we'll ha- no foul or whatever they say. 
Yeah, well, and we'll be able to get into that more. Um, I think we should probably talk about our own experiences of it um, because I have two experiences I've had under your roof when I was in my mid-20s that were terrifying. Um, Woke me up out of a dead sleep. Oh, God. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Yeah, that's some of the most malevolent feeling um, crap I ever, I've encountered some of it. Um, anyways, to get back to the episode, oh. we digress a little bit. So, yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what this podcast is about. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's about everything. It is. Um, so, uh, another fun thing about the episode, uh, they were training Dawn on how to investigate <gasps> with digital recording. Mm-hmm. And, um, I love how it EVPing has become a verb. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, we're doing we're doing EVPs. It's like, no, that's that's not what that means. That's <laughs> like EV, electronic voice phenomena is not the same thing as what you're doing. What you're doing is a digital recording to try and hopefully catch some EVPs if you can. But it's yes. not what you're actually your actions. We're EVPing. Know? Yeah, we're doing we're, we're doing some EVPs in here. We're electronic voice phenomenoning in here. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, I've always thought that was kind of funny. Um, but anyways, so I don't know. You know, they they basically kind of weren't able to really get anything from this episode either um, during the reveal. I kind of gathered that you know maybe the haunting could have been caused by the daughter who knows and then maybe she left it behind her when she moved out or something i i don't know it's possible because i know that's possible because i know that um you know because she might have grown up in the same time period and dabbled in wicca like i did (laughs) (laughs) hence the pentagrams well, I mean, they're they're in Pittsburgh, and I've been to Pittsburgh, and I guess it has some similarities with the Cove. So, oh yeah, it they're in Pittsburgh. Could... Hey, yeah. Oh, Pittsburgh! What a cute little town. Um, what else did you want to add to that? Because yeah, um, that was. Well, like you know, Donna has her feeling that there's some kind of activity there and she she's like oh there's a lot going on in here like conflicting energies or something like that I don't remember exactly what she says but you know like she's in that bedroom that's just like piled with clothes and boxes it's like a hoarder's bedroom and you know the lights are off and I think anybody would feel something weird going on going into an unfamiliar room like that in the dark that's just piled with stuff so i don't don't know if that's what it is and then steve makes some kind of comment about like oh she's been on exactly three investigations in her entire life and now she's getting a feeling about it (laughs) not to discredit donna lacroix's feelings because her feelings are valid but what's causing them you know, right. Like, what is 
and and that's why you know feelings and personal experiences aren't the same thing as evidence absolutely and then also i think she was you know in in my field we would call it you know what i'm not going to say that because it would give too much away about what i do but um i feel like she was um kind of reliving her own experience because during the interview process donna was talking to the daughter and she was saying oh when i grew up i had a similar experience as you did mm -hmm. and they were really kind of commiserating over their experiences yeah, and she's like it's really kind of freaky how similar our experiences are so yeah it is right. possible that she was like projecting her own feelings onto it because right. of her past experiences instead of being more objective and you can't always control your feelings right right but, and who knows maybe she is a bit psychic and or intuitive or whatever because i'm sure that there are some oh, sure. people out there who, who are legitimate but sure i but it is questionable and i'm glad that you know okay so steve could have been nicer a little bit about it but <laughs> yeah he's like Brian, he's a little gruff about it but uh right you know not right. they and they don't try to you know like dismiss her or whatever but just to i think they're trying to get to the bottom of it but not yeah brian not with the best communication skills right but i think brian said it really the best he's like we haven't been on very many investigations with you and we just want to know where this is coming from this is right. new to us and right. we're trying he's, to he's understand just trying you. to figure out you know where is this coming from what is the feeling that you're feeling and she gets all defensive about it right and i didn't feel like brian was being rude rude or like attacking her about it he was just asking questions because that's why they're there is to investigate and you know figure out the situation and she got all defensive about it and right and it, i can kind of understand if it was like following on the heels of what um <laughs> of what steve had asked or said to her and uh -huh. so she's probably like now her hackles are kind of raised and i don't know if steve actually said questions. that to her or if he said that about her somewhere oh, else like gossiping kind yeah, of yeah like kind yeah. of commenting to the camera about like oh she's she's been on three investigations and she's having a feeling about it i don't think he said it to her I mean, oh. she probably heard it later, if not at the time. So, yeah, Brian was a lot more diplomatic and understanding and trying to have a discussion about it. Um, it is possible that people yeah. are sensitive to things and to activity and to energies, but how much of that... Because the, the homeowners were in the home, which is another weird thing that, you know, usually they leave mm -hmm. or they're in another part of the house. And so how much of what you're picking up is the energy from the actual people? Right. Who are having emotions and are, maybe they're afraid, maybe they're, you know, whatever feeling they're feeling and you're picking up on that and can 
attributing it to paranormal activity. Right. So that's why you really need to, you can't turn your feelings off, but you need to be able to like dig in and figure out why am I feeling this way? Where did this come from? What can I do with it? And not just jump to the conclusion that I feel some weird energy here. So obviously there's a ghost. <laughs> you know, yeah. otherwise there'd, there'd be like a whole lot more ghosts probably. Yeah, that's true. I mean, who knows? But, but yeah, they kind of, there wasn't really a whole lot of, um, anything found in this episode which again i appreciate Mm -hmm. uh because like we've talked about before you know you're as an investigator most of what you're doing is going to be sitting around and nothing's going on this Um, is the conversation you had with jason haas on the microphone in front of hundreds of people you brought this up to him about how that is why we like them so much is because they show the other side of it where you mm-hmm. don't get any evidence and there there's just there's nothing to show for your entire investigation which right is but that's what makes it. it legitimate mm-hmm. right that's what makes it more legitimate because if you're catching something every single time i have to question the veracity of what you're catching because you know, it, how much of it are you, are is because you're trying to get some views mm-hmm. uh, versus versus trying to have some legitimacy mm-hmm. in the field. What if every single time you become possessed by William? <laughs> how legitimate is that, Sophie? Right. I don't. I, I don't know. God, I'm, Mar- Mary as soon as we're, many. I know, Mary needs to put out, first of all, <laughs> and um, as soon as we're done here, I'm, I'm going to go find that show. It's, it's on the list. Oh, can we, are we done with talking about this episode? I think we are. I think we've said everything we need to say. Pretty much. Okay. If we think of anything else, we can just say it, because that's how we do. Um, When I was at your house, all those many weeks... God, it wasn't really that long ago, was it? Where am I? It was like three weeks ago. Um, And we watched that Bigfoot show. What was that that documentary called? (laughs) What was that called? Oh, God. Oh, now, oh my gosh, it, it, now it escapes me. How could it ever escape me? Because it's like, so fantastic. Oh, it was so for, good. Right. Uh, I need answers, Sophie. How can you forget? I'm, I'm trying. I'm sorry. Okay. It's, just, it's discovering Bigfoot. And yep. what's, the, what's the guy's name? Odd standing. Yes. Oh my God. First <laughs> of all, dude. first of all, I love him. <laughs> he is a fucking delight, right? 
He's so hardcore about what he's doing. He's so into it. He just... Okay, so for the listeners, this is a documentary about this this dude, Todd Standing, who he knows a lot about, you know, he's, he's like a less popular Survivor Man, Les Stroud, basically. Mm-hmm. He's really into survival and wilderness and wildlife and tracking and all this cool outdoorsy stuff that I absolutely love. Mm-hmm. And he... Uh, He's, like, way the fuck up in Canada somewhere. Like, in the middle of nowhere northern Canada. Like, really remote, crazy, beautiful places where hardly anyone ever goes because it's just so remote. And a lot of the places are pretty hard to get to unless you're on foot. And, um... He has some of my favorite people from the Bigfoot world. Yes! Which is... Dr. Jeff Meldrum. Yes. Who you slept through and I missed a whole day of time and and uh, missed it you know, somehow. Sophie, we're not perfect people. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, there was an awesome um, talk being held by, I think it was, what, Fort Vancouver Public Library or something like that? I don't know. Some library it was, somewhere. It was a public library and they were having Dr. Jeff Meldrum he was doing a like a you know like a basically a presentation um on some Bigfoot um stuff like evidence and about his, it was about his book that he wrote mm-hmm. um which I, have, I haven't read yet but I really want to um and Dr. Jeff Meldrum was in the documentary, as well as the late um, Dr. Bindernagel, who mm-hmm. I uh, absolutely love that he was in his 80s and he was tromping oh. around in the backwoods. Just before we were recording, I was watching some of the um, Survivor Man Bigfoot stuff on YouTube because, you know, mm-hmm. Tyler puts it on for the cats when no one's around. Mm-hmm. And, no, right. Uh, <laughs> which... <laughs> Like I love everything about that sentence that I just said, um, <laughs> but it was it was just on like in the background while I was doing other stuff, and um, and he mentioned him, Doctor Vindernagel. He was making mm-hmm. little um, casts, little plaster casts of tracks to send to him. So I was like, hey, that's that guy. So anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but that was a thing. It's okay. Yeah. No. Yeah. So he had Dr. Jeff Meldrum and Dr. Bendernagel come around for the documentary. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why I have a British accent, a terrible one at that coming up. But yeah. Um, but yeah, so we had these two bigwigs that are very respected in the field of Bigfoot, as respected as the Bigfoot field could be yeah. in the first place. But these but they're also at least the one guy is like a serious um they're both legitimate scientists right they're not just like dudes in the woods they're like legitimate like phd level like experts in wildlife biology and zoology and stuff like they are legit Mm -hmm. Right, and what's super cool is Todd Sanding actually takes them out in the northern woods of Canada, and 
we get uh, a lot of wonderful clips of Todd standing in his element. Oh, God. I <laughs> they love him. So glorious. I love him. <laughs> like, he's so... Enthusiastic. Serious. He's and so hilarious. serious. And I just love it. And the right. music is so over the top. <laughs> but the the really impressive thing is that he did all that himself. You know, he right. he did all the the filming, the editing, everything. The production, like the directing. That's him. He did it. He's the one out there trying to find this evidence. So it's really cool, like regardless of how you feel about Bigfoot or what, any of that. Just like the production value alone is super impressive for a guy who's just doing it himself. It's all DIY. Yeah, it was, it's fantastic. Yeah. And yeah. Um so just that and, level alone. But then he's also really knowledgeable about all sorts of cool stuff and he brings that into his investigations. And yeah. he's super enthusiastic but in a very serious way. And he has like the coolest gear. Like there's the one where he looks like old Greg, which is like <laughs> the best. <laughs> oh That's my, my favorite outfit that he wears is the old Greg outfit. Oh um, I don't think God. he intended to look like old Greg, but that's where we are. That's what he did. That he did. He did it well too. It's um, beautiful. And, and if though for the yeah, and for those of you who don't know the reference to I'm old Grey, you no. should look it up on YouTube. It's from a British TV show called The Mighty Boosh and it's It'll classic. change your life. Old Greg will change your life. It, Absolutely. it I just it beyond words. I can't even I can't Yeah, even. and it's shiny mangina. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, but anyhow, we give away too much. I'm sorry. Yeah. But but it was a really cool documentary, so I'm glad that you made me watch it. It was really interesting. And um, God, what else? What did he we... said about bats was wrong, though. Yes. Like in the first like three minutes of the thing, he already he's like, I know things about wildlife, and then like thirty seconds later, bats are blind. No, they're not. They're not. Everybody, listen. Bats are not blind. Also, they're not going to get stuck in your hair. Also, they don't all have rabies. Yeah, for so God's that's sake. that's the thing. But also, on top of that, <laughs> rabies isn't something to fuck around with. So if you're ever scratched or bitten by any wild, feral, or unfamiliar mammal... Go to the fucking doctor right away. Right. Don't fuck around with it. So there you go. Right. Because it's really, even, it's scary. Don't do e it. Right. Even household animals you shouldn't fuck around with if you get scratched or bitten by a cat. You can get a really serious Oh, infection. right. My mom knew somebody who I think that he lost his arm because his, um, like his family dog bit him. Oh, my God. And he didn't, you know, he just cleaned it out himself, you know, with his home stuff. 
and was like, whatever, it's fine. And it got so infected that he lost his arm. Jeez, so yeah, you Louise. don't fuck around with animal bites. But you also, even if it's like your neighbor's dog, you don't know for sure that your neighbor's dog doesn't have rabies. Right, because what so. if they don't have any interaction with their dog? Because they could be a-holes that just leave their dog chained up <sighs> out in the backyard and need to be reported to... Yeah. There's a reason... There's a reason that the law requires you to get your pets vaccinated for rabies. Mm-hmm. It's serious. Right. It will kill yeah, you. Yeah, and, and also, if you do get exposed to rabies or you have to get vaccinated against rabies, I've heard that the vaccines are the worst. Mm-hmm. Like, you literally but have it's to better catch than, it within a certain... It's better than dying. True, but, like, I'm just saying, like, don't even, try not to even put yourself through that, especially if you, you don't even know what you're doing out in the wild and you're, like, trying to interact with wildlife. Like, there's, I was just watching a YouTube video today about people who are trying to take pictures of bison in Yellowstone <laughs> Park, and they are complete fucking idiots. Like, mm-hmm. they literally, like, these people just trying to get a good photo to, photograph of a fucking 2,000 pound mammal, a fucking buffalo, mm-hmm. um, you're going to get charged and Ugh. you're going to get, you're going to get messed the fuck up. They're going to mess you up. Yeah. Don't even, don't even mess with it. You don't know what you're You doing. know where you can get really good pictures from? Your car. What? <laughs> right. Stay in your fucking car. Like, have you seen videos of those people who are like, Oh, I'm going to get out of the car in this, like, African safari and take pictures of the lions who are sleeping under this tree, and then they're, like, mauled to death. Like, take a picture from your fucking car. Maybe you'll have to, like, crop it later because you couldn't get close enough. But guess what? There's reasons that they say, stay in your car, or stay this far away, stay behind this barrier, whatever it is. People are just... I don't don't know. I think that's why they have, I think that's why they have that website called the Darwin Awards. (laughs) Yes. But the, the point is though, don't go out and try to interact with wildlife. You know, don't feed the squirrels at your campground. Don't just make it a point to not touch or interact with wild animals. Yeah, keep That's your a food. good practice. Keep your distance. Don't... Keep your... Yeah. Because rabies will kill you. Right. And there's other diseases you can get from wildlife, too, but rabies is a serious thing. So that's my disclaimer. It's my PSA for the day. This time and it's I not about it. tetanus. It's about rabies. It's a serious Ooh. thing. Oh. Are you up to date on your tetanus shot, Sophie? Uh, yes. Thank Good. you. Good. Me too. I think I have like two years left before I need a booster. Oh, yeah. I better look at my my his, my vaccination history probably mm-hmm. here in the near future because yeah. I can't even remember off the top of my head how many years I have left, which is probably a bad sign. Yeah. This year I got the hepatitis B vaccine. Mm. and uh, the HPV vaccines. That's good. Yeah, I just, you know, somehow by the, some miracle, 
despite all of the terrible choices that I've made, I've never gotten HPV. But for the grace of God, there go I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So my doctor was like, well, I mean, you might, even though I was like, I'm never having sex again. She was like, well, let's just give you this shot real quick here. Even though it's three, mm -hmm. it's three shots. I still need to get the third one. But she was like, just in case you might decide. And, you know. Yeah, because yeah, I literally, I, I thought every penis had HPV on it. I mean, yeah, <laughs> they, they probably do, but I don't, yeah, I don't know how I haven't gotten it. <laughs> I don't know how I dodged that bullet, but here we are. Um, right. I did get hepatitis C, you may recall. Yeah. That was fun. Um, and you beat it. I sure did. Thank I got God. hepatitis A. And my body beat that, that but sounds, that's pretty typical. Yeah, that's more um, standard, I think. Yeah, so um, basically, I'm never having sex again, but if I do, I won't get HPV. <laughs> yeah, that's the moral of this story. I'm going to be celibate right. the rest of my life. Cause... Right, since we're talking about STDs, you know... Go educate yourself. Ask your doctor or your nurse practitioner or your whoever. Your that, nurse midwife, whoever they are. Yeah, talk and ask them questions. Do your research. Look at the um, Center for Disease Control website and, you know, do your research. Look into stuff. Learn about stuff. Um, just be, be careful, mm -hmm. you know. And also remember that if you do get something, it's not a moral failing. You know, any anybody can get an STD or any other illness. Anybody. Mm -hmm. It has nothing, it doesn't say anything about you as a person or your value or your moral yeah. quality. So, right. it just, it yeah. happens. And it can happen to anybody. It doesn't matter how smart you think you are or how careful you are you know it, it only takes one time and it can happen to anybody so don't right. there's and no even shame you, in it is the thing if you have if you think that you've been exposed to go get tested get treated there's no shame in it don't be embarrassed right. it's just it's just another day just take yeah care and of it's it. better that you just keep yourself safe and others safe rather than staying in the dark about it or be mm -hmm. in denial about it you know mm -hmm. like if you have any suspicion get go yeah. get tested and it can be you know? really hard and embarrassing to have conversations about it like with a new partner or even mm -hmm. an existing partner but you you have to you just have to right just say it and that if they have a problem with whatever you have said well then they're not the right partner for you and they can fuck right off so, that is absolutely right. And because really, at the end of the day, your safety and your health are more important than their feelings. Right. And they yeah, they right off. Absolutely. They can go sit on their own thumb and rotate on it. Exactly. That's what they can yeah. So how did we get on this topic? What is uh, Well, we were talking about rabies and your Tdap shot. and or Oh, that, 
Decap. De somebody. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so what else do we need to talk about besides oh, rabies? Now that I've given Conjuring my... Kesha. Probably Conjuring Kesha. <gasps> conjuring Kesha. Mm -hmm. It's on my list. See? You're so smart. You remembered my list. And it's right in front of me. <laughs> conjuring Kesha is a new show. It's been on a few weeks. And it's the the singer, songwriter, brilliant, beautiful, wonderful human being, Kesha. And I I watched most of the first episode today. I didn't watch the end of it, so I'm not going to give any spoilers about anything that happens. But apparently she, just like you and I, Sophie, she has been really interested in the paranormal and supernatural for, like, most of her life. Mm. And she's always been just super into it. And so she decided that she was going to go to places that are, like, you know, notoriously haunted. Neat. So it's not like ghost hunters where they're just like, you know, she's not going in to, like, investigate, really, and to, like, debunk and all this stuff. She's going to, like, the big places... Like, on this one, she went to the Brushy Mountain State Penitentiary in Tennessee, which was built Ooh. in, like, 1896 or something, and it just shut down in, like, 2009. And over oh, wow. 10,000 inmates died there. Jeez, Most of Jess. those people died in, like, nefarious ways. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was a very bad very dark place and um even before it closed down there were stories of paranormal things and since it closed down there's like the caretakers um have had all these experiences and so she's like i'm gonna go and i'm gonna spend the night there and she brings her friend with her i guess on each episode she's gonna bring a different friend <laughs> <laughs> Which is awesome. And she has, like, all the equipment. You know, she has the, the voice box thing. The, you know, the thing. What are they called? It, it's basically like um, a spirit radio. Yes. You know. She has one of those. She has, a um, like, REM pods. She has infrared camera like she has all this stuff and she has a crew who know what they're doing and she's going to the place and she goes and she meets the people and she hears their stories and she meets the owners and she does a tour and gets all the info and then on this episode she has a demonologist come and hang out nice um because she's like i need a professional i'm freaked out <laughs> and it's like i didn't watch the end of it but it's pretty good and they nice. get because it's like her and her friend you know so they get kind of like goofy and i imagine that it's like how you and i would act if we were in that situation if we were like let's go oh. spend the night in this prison like anything happens and they scream you know <laughs> yeah. but then like they're very serious but then they're like oh. and like the friend that she brings is a comedian and Kesha oh, tells her, fantastic. you know, like, you're not allowed to make jokes. This is serious. 
<laughs> it's really good. And, um, like, it's a little bit corny, but I feel like that's, like, pretty on brand for Kesha. Like, she has mm-hmm. that kind of level, which I really love about her. Um, yeah, because she's not trying to be something she isn't. Right. She just, she she is Kesha. Mm-hmm. But now she's taking it into, like, a haunted prison. And she just wants <laughs> yeah. to see, you know, she she wants an experience. She wants to maybe make contact and maybe figure out who's there and why they're there and what happened to them. And, you know, she's not trying to, like, solve the problem. She's not trying to debunk the problem or investigate it in that sense she's Mm -hmm. trying and i think a lot of it also is to you know spread awareness that people have these experiences and they're valid right and so she's kind of she's she's going to reach a different demographic than a lot of these other shows do just because of who she is and her notoriety so i love her and mm-hmm. it so far it's it's a really good show. So I recommend watching Conjuring Kesha. It's on Discovery Plus. Ooh. And it's excellent. I might have to get your sign in code for Discovery Plus because I don't I think I have that. Or, I, I did. did we? Yeah, I signed in oh. on your TV. You should already Oh have yeah, it. that's right. If it yes. for some reason signed out, I can give it to you again. And I that mean, code for everybody listening is one, two, three, four, five. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> or is it? It could be. It probably is. Go try it, though. See what happens if you try to sign into Discovery Plus and just put in one, two, three, four, three, five. Three, four, five. You won't get in. Mm-hmm. Or will you? I think that's yeah, all that I mean, you might to be next about. to a neighbor or something. I don't know. <laughs> what? Did you ever think of that thing that you wanted to talk about and then forgot? Um, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> we've, we've covered so many topics. <laughs> Okay. Well, I could have. Do you want to save it for next time, or? I yeah, if it ever comes back to me, I don't okay. know. Okay. Well, if it's, yeah. Im- if it's important. Bless you. Yay! Bless you. Um, all right. Well, I think Heather Mar- Heather Marie. You know what? Sometimes. What? Oh, the name of her episode. Of Conjuring Kesha, season one, episode one. The name of it is "Not Today, Satan." <laughs> so That's cute. I mean, you just you have to love it. It's just it's so precious. I love it. That's cute. Um, yeah. So that's that is our episode, I guess, of season one, episode nine of Ghost Hunters. And Kesha. And Conjuring apparently. Kesha, and, and everything else in the world. Um, and discovering Bigfoot. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, God. I know. We watched so many things that weekend that we could spend another, like, three hours talking about. But let's uh, let's try to... Yeah. We can save that for another time, maybe. 
Um, I agree. Maybe yeah. we can do like a bonus Bigfoot episode or something. Oh my god, I hope we can because I need to. I need to get a hold of that friend that had the experience. Oh she yeah. Supposedly went camping with the same people that she had the experience with and she w- wanted to gather even more information by interviewing all of them to get their perspective or side of what happened. So <gasps> she'll be able to bring that to the table. So dear listeners, if you can donate, <laughs> we could use potentially another microphone and a mixer and some things so that we could. Yes. Build we this. need things. So, yeah, make yeah. a donation. You can find us um, on our Facebook we, page. There's actually a direct link to our uh, Red Circle website, which is where the donation button lives. So go to Facebook, Where's My Flashlight, a Ghost Hunters podcast, and uh, follow us there. We'll post updates and pictures, and I'll, I'll post pictures from my trip to Austin because I saw lots of bats and it was really cool um and email us hofi70362 at gmail.com and uh yeah subscribe to us on whatever platform you listen to podcasts on yeah we might need to change we might need to change our email address because it's awfully long and hard. To, like, we couldn't even remember the numbers <laughs> in it. I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> I don't know what we were thinking. <laughs> well, when I first made it, it was just to use as, like, a login for things. Right. It wasn't, and then we, it wasn't originally intended to be the one that we, like, gave out for communication. Right. Well, maybe at some point we'll make one specifically for communication if we ever yeah, get that many but listeners for now, or something. And it's also on our Facebook page. Like, you can just click on it from Facebook. Yes, Queen. If you can't remember the Hofi70362, it is on the Facebook page. So yeah. check that out and uh, tell us your cool stories. And we'll keep telling you stories about things that may or may not be cool. So, <laughs> and um, and in the next coming episodes, I promise I will divulge some more personal experiences. Yes, and I have some as well that I will share. Not the Monkey Man, because that is for when we get a Patreon, and you're gonna have to pay yeah. extra for that. Yeah. <laughs> and by extra, I mean anything, because this is just all free right now. So. Right. <laughs> Unless you send us a donation, send, please, please help us. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah. But if you don't want to, or maybe you, you don't have the money, totally cool. It's fine. It's there totally are other fine. ways to. There's other ways to support us. Yeah. You can share our page. You can share our links. Tell your friends how cool we are. <laughs> you know yeah. that kind of thing. You can you can get um, tested for STDs. You can you can get shots. Yeah. yeah. Make sure your pets are vaccinated against rabies. Mm-hmm. You know, it's helpful. These are all things that we would love for you to do. Right. And you know, just uh, try not to be a terrible person. That's really all that we ask. Yeah. 
Absolutely. I think so. And I think that's, I mean, that's all I needed to say and talk about. Same. I'm going to go find Most Haunted and have a little marathon. <gasps> oh, that sounds great. Doesn't it? I wish I could be there with you. I am there in spirit. You are. Because you're William. Uh, yes. <laughs> Speaking of which, <laughs> actually, my first my first encounter was of me haunting my own family when I was nine years old, which is rad. I'll have to share that with you guys at a later date. Yes, next time, share that. Share when you were your own William. <laughs> you Williamed the fuck out of your family. That's what you did. I did. My sister and my mom. It was great. Oh man, you Williamed so hard. I did. I went big. All right, William. Let I I guess we'll just go sign yeah. off. Yeah, we're gonna love you and we're gonna miss you. We're gonna love you, we're gonna miss you, and thanks for listening. Oh wait, yeah, where's the button? Bye. Bye. Bye.